Thanks to FAIR, DEI hits a roadblock. Andrew Sullivan on what I got wrong about Trump. And law schools must adopt free speech policies after ABA passes rule. Welcome to FAIR News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear Friends of FAIR, Much of the work we do at FAIR often occurs behind the scenes and under the radar, so it's especially gratifying when our success is not only visible, but also makes a huge impact. That's what happened last week. For more than a year, FAIR has been on the forefront of legal efforts to eliminate diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives at colleges and universities that demonize white students and teachers and silence people of any color who challenge race-essentialist ideology. Because shaming and embarrassing anyone for their immutable characteristics isn't just divisive, it's illegal. Yet knowing something is wrong and even unlawful isn't enough to stop it. It takes courageous and principled people who are willing to stand up, raise their voice, and risk the consequences. Professor Zach DePiero is one of these brave people. Last year, FAIR funded DePiero's lawsuit against Penn State University based on racial discrimination in violation with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. DePiero, who is white, was forced out of his job after being subjected to a racially hostile environment. He and other faculty and staff were required to attend conferences and trainings that assigned negative traits to white people and even condemned them when they spoke or were present simply because they were white. During a conversation on racial climate, DePiero and his peers engaged in a breathing exercise in which white and non-black people of color were instructed to hold it just a little longer to feel the pain. Penn State filed a motion to dismiss DePiero's claim, but on January 12th, the tables turned in a major way when a federal district court denied the university's motion. The ruling itself dealt a major blow to Penn State, but the language in the court's opinion is especially damning to DEI efforts. They say, training on concepts such as white privilege, white fragility, implicit bias, or critical race theory can contribute positively to nuanced, important conversations about how to form a healthy and inclusive working environment. But the way these conversations are carried out in the workplace matters. When employers talk about race, any race, with a constant drumbeat of essentialist, deterministic, and negative language, they risk liability under federal law. Make no mistake, this decision is a game-changer because it potentially opens the door to litigation for thousands of plaintiffs who have endured race-based discrimination on campuses under the auspices of DEI. But the good news is, it doesn't stop there. Last week, mainstream media took note of DePiero's victory and its significance. According to The Atlantic, whether or not DePiero prevails at trial, Judge Bealstone's ruling could have an effect on how schools approach DEI. The kind of DEI programming prescribed in DePiero's complaint is widespread on college campuses. I've encountered many examples of similar programming through my reporting. Now lawyers may scrutinize that programming partly with Beetlestone's ruling in mind, and colleges hoping to avoid liability or costly lawsuits may study the fact pattern that Beetlestone saw as plausibly unlawful. If they're doing anything similar, they may reconsider. DePiero's trial is still a ways off and victory is not assured. But this case is the first of its kind, and the fact that it's moving forward is yet another sign that the tide is turning, and FAIR has been instrumental in making that happen. This may not be the end of DEI, but it could be the beginning of the end.
With your support, FAIR can continue to support DePiero's groundbreaking litigation and ensure that Penn State and other schools pay attention or pay the consequences. Please donate and support our effort to end identity politics on campus and promote diversity without division. Warmly, Monica Harris, the Executive Director at the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. For FAIR Substack, Grayson Slover wrote a detailed review of Coleman Hughes' new book, The End of Race Politics. Slover writes, When two philosophies are compared in this way, I believe that the vast majority of Americans still instinctively align with the optimistic goals of colorblindness. Like Dr. King and other liberal civil rights leaders, they are eager allies in the revolution to get in, to extend the promise of America to all of the people who have historically been excluded from it. The hopeless worldview of the neo-racists and traditional racial supremacists alike is bound to fail if people are able to understand and recognize the ideas that comprise it. To bring about the ideal colorblind society will be a challenge, but it's a challenge worth the effort. And the end of race politics provides a compelling blueprint for taking it on. For Unheard, Fair Advisor Andrew Sullivan speaks with Freddie Sayers about what he got wrong about Trump. He says, I also think that regarding the wokeness stuff, even though I really find Trump horrid on so many levels, if he's the only thing that can stop this stuff from being imposed across the country and across the United States government, then you can see why I might prefer him over Biden, who is giving into woke at every level. The federal government is involved in systematic DEI. In all of its capabilities, it now has putting equity at the heart of everything as a policy. He would remove that, and there would be good support for ending DEI in corporate America and in universities. He's clearly taken out a position, even if he's not interested in that stuff. He'll find someone who is, and that's a huge thing for the base. It would happen, I think. For National Review, Leanne O'Neill and William E. Trachman wrote about how 70 years after the Supreme Court struck down racial segregation in education, it's somehow making a comeback. They say, Yet now is the time to course correct. Anything other than a full investigation into Evanston is a complete abdication of the Department of Education's legal responsibility to stomp out federal funding going to support racial discrimination. With classrooms once again being literally racially segregated, it's never been more clear that the Department of Education isn't doing enough to crack down on racial discrimination in K-12 schools. As Chief Justice Roberts wrote in his opinion striking down affirmative action once and for all, eliminating race discrimination means eliminating all of it. And in Evanston, Illinois, they have 70 years of progress to start catching up to. For the Free Press, therapist Tamara Pietzky wrote about how she could no longer go along with the pressure to transition her patients. Pietzky writes, My biggest fear about the gender-affirming practices my industry has blindly adopted is that they are causing irreversible damage to our clients, especially as they are vulnerable people who come to us at their lowest moments in life and who entrust us with their health and safety. And yet, instead of treating them as we would patients with any other mental health condition, we have been instructed and even bullied to abandon our professional judgment and training in favor of unquestioning affirmation. I am speaking out because nothing will change unless people like me, who know the risks of medicalizing troubled young people, blow the whistle. I'm desperate to help my patients. 
For Reuters, Karen Sloan wrote about how law schools must now adopt free speech policies in order to maintain their accreditation from the American Bar Association. The ABA's House of Delegates approved a new requirement that law schools develop and publish policies that encourage and support the free expression of ideas. Those policies must protect the rights of faculty, staff, and students to communicate controversial or unpopular ideas and safeguard robust debate, demonstrations, or protests. They must also forbid disruptive activities that hinder free expression or substantially interfere with law school functions or activities. The ABA's law school accreditation rules have long protected the academic freedom of faculty, but this is the first time they address free speech for the entire law school community. The change comes after several high-profile incidents at elite law schools where students disrupted speakers and amid campus tensions over conflict with Israel's war with Hamas. Join Farron Medicine on Thursday, February 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern for a conversation with Dr. Richard Bosshart, Farron Medicine and Dino Harm Fellow and Plastic Surgeon, as well as Rick McCarthy, marriage and family therapist and retired professor of psychology. Hear how these very two successful veterans in their respective fields have dealt with censorship in their organizations, how they're fighting to restore free speech, and how they're reversing the damaging effects of DEI in their professions. Join now with the link in the description. Join Dissident Dialogues in partnership with Unheard and sponsored by Ground News in New York City on May 3rd and 4th. The world's leading and most original thinkers gather for two days of debate, discussion, and disagreement. Discussions will feature fair advisors Michael Schellenberger and Lee Fang, as well as Richard Dawkins, Ayan Hersi-Ali, John McWhorter, Steven Pinker, Constantine Kissin, Francis Foster, John Verakay, Thomas Chatterton-Williams, Kathleen Stock, Freddie Sayers, Bridget Phetasy, Diana S. Fleischman, Africa Brooke, Alex O'Connor, and Mary Harrington. We want the Fair Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity, we would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org slash donate.